Section 12 of Some Famous Women by Louise Creighton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 9 Florence Nightingale, Part 2. Her courage rose to the occasion, terrible though it was, and inspired her companions. Whilst they all worked without ceasing to do what they could to help the worst suffering, she, in the midst of all her labours, thought out what could be done to bring order into the awful confusion. She had to see that proper supplies of all the things needed for the comfort of the soldiers were sent out from England, and to make arrangements for the distribution of the stores when they arrived. Her energy and her disregard of some of the rules laid down by the military authorities about the distribution of the stores made some people very angry, and there was a good deal of grumbling at what they considered her unnecessary haste and her interference. But Miss Nightingale cared for nothing so long as she could do the task for which she had been sent out. She set up a kitchen where food could be cooked for the sick and wounded, and a laundry where their clothes could be washed and disinfected. She wrote to England clear accounts of the state of things she had found without any grumbling, but pointed out what had to be done for the proper care of the men. Opposition to her ways disappeared, as it became clear how admirable were the results of her work. She won the orderlies to work with the utmost patience and devotion, under the direction of the lady nurses, so that she could say that not one of them failed her in obedience, thoughtful attention, and considerate delicacy. They were rough, ignorant men, but in the midst of scenes of loathsome disease and death, they showed to Miss Nightingale and her nurses the most courteous chivalry and constant gentleness, and she never heard from them a word that could shock her. The gratitude and devotion of the patients to her knew no bounds. At nights she used to pass through the long corridors and the endless wards, there were four miles of wards in the hospital, carrying a little lamp in her hand so as to see that all was well, and from this the patients learned to call her the Lady of the Lamp. They felt that she was their good angel, and one of them said afterwards, describing the comfort it was even to see her pass, she would speak to one and another and nod and smile to many more, but she could not do it to all, for we lay there by hundreds but we would kiss her shadow as it fell, and lay our heads on the pillow again content. Huddled together in two or three damp rooms in the basement of the hospital, Miss Nightingale found a great number of poor women, the wives of the soldiers, with their babies, living in the utmost misery and discomfort. She did not rest till she had arranged better quarters for them. Some ladies were found to befriend them, those whose husbands had been killed in the war were sent back to England. Many were given work in the laundry which Miss Nightingale had started, and a school was opened for the children. When the winter came on, the sufferings of the soldiers increased. The army was engaged in the siege of Sevastopol, and Miss Nightingale described the sufferings endured by the soldiers there in a letter to a friend. Fancy working five nights out of seven in the trenches, Fancy being thirty-six hours in them at a stretch, with no food but raw salt pork, sprinkled with sugar, rum, and biscuit, nothing hot, 
fancy through all this the army preserving their courage and patience as they have done there is something sublime in the spectacle the hospitals were crowded with men brought in ill from the results of this exposure early in eighteen fifty five fifty more trained nurses were sent out from england and they came in time to help in a terrible outbreak of cholera which filled the hospital with new patients most of whom died after a few hours of suffering frost-bitten men were brought in too from sevastopol and of all these sufferers at least half died in spite of the care of the nurses again and again it was miss nightingale who comforted the dying and received from them the last message to be sent to the dear ones at home she wrote down their words and took care of their watches or other possessions which they wished to send home the hearts of people in england were stirred by all they heard of the sufferings of the soldiers and of the devotion of the nurses supplies of every kind were sent out in great quantities and all that was needed was that their use should be wisely organized miss nightingale was much helped by the arrival of monsieur soyer the famous french cook who came out at his own expense to organize cooking in the hospitals he introduced new stoves and many reforms in the kitchens and was a most devoted admirer of the lady-in-chief as miss nightingale was called after six months work at scutari miss nightingale set out to visit the hospitals in the crimea itself m soyer and several of her nurses went with her she rode to the camp near balaclava where she could hear the thunder of the guns which besieged sevastopol as she passed through the camp some of the men who had been her patients at scutari recognized her and greeted her with a hearty cheer the hundreds of sick in the field hospital were delighted to receive a visit from the lady of whom they had heard so much afterwards she rode right up into the trenches outside sevastopol so that the sentry was alarmed at her daring next day she visited another hospital at balaclava and left some of her nurses to work there she was on board the ship which was to take her back to scutari when she was suddenly seized with a very bad attack of crimean fever the doctor said that she must at once be taken to the sanatorium at balaclava laid on a stretcher she was carried by the soldiers up the mountainside for a few days it was thought that she was dying but presently the joyful news was spread that she was better she herself says that the first thing that helped her to recover was her joy over a bunch of wild flowers that had been brought to her whilst she lay ill she was visited by lord raglan the commander-in-chief of the army who wished to thank her for all she had done for the troops she would not hear of going back to england after her illness as her friends wished but as soon as possible returned to scutari in the autumn sevastopol fell and this brought the war to an end but miss nightingale would not return home as the hospitals were still full of sick and wounded who could not be moved she paid another visit to the hospitals in the crimea and travelled from one place to another over the bad mountain roads in a carriage which had been specially made for her she did much for the comfort of the soldiers who had to stay on in the crimea and started libraries for them and reading huts where they could go to sit and read lectures and classes were also provided for them and arrangements made to enable them to send home easily money and letters to their families before she left the crimea 
miss nightingale set up at her own cost a white marble cross twenty feet high as a monument to the dead it was dedicated to the memory of the soldiers who had perished and to the nurses who had died in tending them and on it was written in english and russian lord have mercy upon us from all sides she received tributes for her services the sultan gave her a diamond bracelet queen victoria sent her a beautiful jewel specially designed by prince albert speaking in the house of lords lord ellesmere said the hospitals are empty the angel of mercy still lingers to the last on the scene of her labours but her mission is all but accomplished those long arcades of scutari in which dying men sat up to catch the sound of her footstep or the flutter of her dress and fell back on the pillows content to have seen her shadow as it passed are now comparatively deserted she may be thinking how to escape as best she may on her return the demonstration of a nation's appreciation of the deeds and motives of florence nightingale this was just what miss nightingale wished to do the government offered to bring her home in a man-o-war but she travelled quietly back under the name of miss smith so that her uncommon name might not attract attention to her when she got to her own home she went in by the back door crowds of people used to gather round the park in the following weeks in the hope of seeing her but she refused to receive any sort of public welcome as soon as the war came to an end before miss nightingale had returned home a movement was started to give her a testimonial from the nation her friends had said that the only testimonial she would accept would be one which would help on the cause of providing trained nurses for the hospitals and a nightingale hospital fund was started to be given to her on her return to start a work of reform public meetings were held in support of this fund and when miss nightingale got back it had reached forty eight thousand pounds with the help of friends she considered how best this money could be used she was too ill to undertake herself as she had intended to manage the new institute for training nurses or to do more than advise from her sick room what had best be done she had hoped that rest would completely restore her health and even wished to go out to india to nurse when the mutiny broke out in eighteen fifty seven but this was impossible after her return from the crimea she led almost continuously an invalid life but it was not an idle life she directed all the arrangements for using the nightingale fund which was chiefly devoted to starting a school for training nurses at st thomas hospital in london the nightingale nurses will always keep alive the memory of her name in all other matters connected with nursing she always took an active interest especially in the health of the soldiers and in nursing in the army and also in starting district nurses to nurse the sick poor in their own homes her advice was constantly sought and she wrote many papers about nursing which were most useful especially a very popular little book called notes on nursing but for more than fifty years since her wonderful work in the crimea she has lived a secluded life as an invalid though it has been a life full of work and of thought for the service of others she is still living in nineteen o nine but is a complete invalid the great lesson of her life 
is that she had prepared herself so well that when the opportunity for doing a great piece of work came to her she was able to use it she had learnt and studied and when the need came she was ready End of section 12